Good Tuesday afternoon, guys. Jerry Miller here on the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. Glorious day above the mud. The show today presented by Scott Wagner, the good doctor. Scott Wagner, Scott Wagner, integrative medicine. Who's got your back? Dr. Wagner's got your back. I've seen it, dude. I've seen it with UVA athletes. I've seen it with people in this community. I've seen it with neighbors. I've seen it with business colleagues. Scott Wagner, Dr. Wagner, that team, they represent, they buckle up, and they do you right. They really, really do well by folks in this community. Thank you to Dr. Wagner. Um, I want you to look at the screen now if you have an opportunity to enjoy the visual aspect of the show. I think the visual aspect of the show is the best. I know a lot of people stream straight through podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Fountain App, wherever you get it, Audible. Um, But I think the visual aspect is the best. And you'll see the headlines on screen. We've been talking two or three days. I mean, you'd say two or three days, right, Judah? Uh, on the program about the most expensive one-bedroom, one-bath in the Charlottesville metro area? What, since Thursday of last week? Yeah, probably. I'd say Thursday, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a topic that resonates because people understand that this influences the market and it's going to raise price points that are lower and make them north, make them go up. Okay, it's a market setter. I continue to get crowdsourced content. And the best content we want... I mean, it's not, is this not a crowdsource show? I mean, just weave you in on a two-shot, and let's get you in the mix. This is going to be a very conversational, very dialogue-heavy, very uh, chitter-chatter um, version of the I Love Seville show. We want the crowdsource content. Yeah. That's the program. We want the crowdsource content. We want the information to be shared, and we're just the water cooler that just makes sure the content continues to have momentum and stays fresh. Yeah. I mean, we can sit here and talk for days, but uh, we'd much prefer to uh, hear from our hear from our audience and uh, and talk about the things that they want to hear about and offer suggestions. So we've been talking about the one bedroom, one bath, J-Dubs, the highest price point, and I continue to get folks saying, "Have you seen this one? Have you seen this one? Have you seen this one?" Um, I, I I am not going to get make mention of this gentleman's name um, because he's asked for anonymity. But he mentioned Avamore um, is in the 1600, 1700 range. And in fact, said there's roughly 14 one bedroom, one bath rentals in the Charlottesville metro area that are 1700 plus. So the Pantops one we highlighted is not an anomaly. But the reason we highlighted it was because of the secluded nature of the unit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got another one that may be the record. Um, J-Dubs and I will offer perspective with some visual elements that Judah has put together for the show while I offer, um, while I offer um, audio perspective on the program. J-Dubs, let us know when you want to get some visuals on screen. And you take the, you take the uh, lead here. What are we putting on screen first here? Uh, what do you want to see first? I've got, uh, I'm still working on converting the photos. Okay, let's put the map then. These are the Archer, these are the Archer apartments at Brook Hill. And I'm not throwing shade at the developer. I'm not throwing shade at anyone doing this. This is the, the, the free market driving one bedroom, one bath price points northward. That's all that's happening. I am throwing shade at no one. I'm just highlighting a unit that's for rent right now. It's Here's one bedroom. It's one bath. You got the map on screen? Yeah. J-Dubs has got the Google map on screen for the location. You're basically talking the Almoral County, Green County line here. You're basically talking Almoral County, Green County line. I know it's in Almoral County. 
I know the property is marketed as Albemarle County. I know it is Albemarle County zip code, but you're basically on the line here. This particular unit is one bedroom, it's one bath, it's pretty sizable for a one bedroom, one bath. It's 832 square feet. It's $1,900 a month. This is the most expensive one bedroom, one bathroom in the Charlottesville metro area. I want somebody in this community to send me a listing that is more expensive than a one bedroom, one bathroom at $1,900 a month, 832 square feet. And that has me asking you this question. Are you ready? Think about this question. Are you ready? Which apartment brand, which apartment complex, which apartment landlord or owner will be the first to crack $2,000 a month for a one bedroom, one bathroom in the Charlottesville metro area? Where will it be located? And who is renting this one bedroom, one bathroom at 2G's plus? We're basically there. 1,900 plus for a brand new 832 square foot apartment on the Albemarle County, Green County line. Pictures are on screen. Judah Wickhauer showing photos. Photos from the, the management company leasing the, leasing the apartment. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's brand new. You got granite. You got sexy floors. You got sexy lights. You got white cabinets. It is gorgeous. Open floor plan. Fantastic. Nineteen hundred a month. Go back to a two shot if you could. Two thousand a month. I would have said two weeks ago that we're a year and change away. I see this, and I see pantops, and I see 17 one-bedroom, one-baths available for rent at over $1,700 a month on Zillow currently. And I say $2,000 a month might be next month here in the Charlottesville metro area. Or even sooner. I wouldn't be surprised. Or maybe it happens. It already exists. Right? I mean, yeah. Could be soon. Uh, and how many uh, how many rental properties are gonna are gonna follow in its footsteps? There it is. <clears throat> Where's the first gonna be that we see online? I gotta think it's West Main. I have to think the apartments on West Main, the high dollar ones by Blue Moon Diner, mm. the Lark, uh, the Flats. Um, they have to be seeing the price action on yeah. Pantops in the price action on Almaro County, Greene County line. And if that price action is equivalent to theirs, I mean, this price action is, is, is higher than Dairy Market, than Dairy Central's price action. Yeah. Dairy Central, their top price point that I'm seeing for a one bedroom, one bath, is not higher than this brand new unit at the Greene County, Almaro County line. And I will say this, there are available units for rent at Dairy Central. So I'm curious to see what happens at the Archer, 
the one in the Greene County, Albemarle County line, I want to see the vacancy and how quickly these units rent because there's some that are open at Dairy Central. And we're going to continue the chitter-chatter today about vacancies from a downtown mall standpoint. I walk downtown. I own downtown. My businesses are located downtown. I routinely do the walk from the P.O. box at the post office that is right next to the pavilion in City Hall and routinely walk all the way to the Omni Hotel. I walk past my mentor, Bill Nichman's building. I walk next to uh, Trip Stewart's building. I walk right past uh, Joe Geek's building. I walk past all of uh, Wilson Ritchie's holdings downtown. I go past Ludwig Kutner and Alan Kajin's positions on the mall. I head all the way past the Code building owned by Joffrey Woodruff, and I head to the Omni Hotel. I look at the fountain and I turn around and I head back to my office on Market Street next to the grocery store. And when I do that walk literally daily, I see storefront after storefront opening and opening and opening. And the empty storefront index right now downtown is higher than I've seen it in a really long time. Have you seen the 10th and Dairy website? Price points? Yeah. You want to talk about it? I mean, uh... oh my gosh, what was that face you just gave us? Uh, you wanted, we wanted to know how soon we were going to get to 2,000. There. Here it comes. Drum roll. Do we have a drum roll? I think we only have the rim shot here. This is there's the show. Be a, there's got to be a drum roll in that. No, it's, I think it's only a rib shot on the soundboard. The soundboard is extremely sophisticated. Do I do it? Are you ready? Yeah. That's a drum roll. I'm sweating. Are you sweating this? I mean, I'm looking at it. This is live programming right here, set up beautifully. I'm looking at it. I bet you if I know this market, you're looking at $2,140 a month for a one-bedroom, one-bath. You peaked, didn't you? Is it a $2,140 a month for a one-bedroom, one-bath? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, there's also a $2,054. Is it $2,140? Yeah. Unbelievable. And 2,140 on the dot? Yeah. 2,000, we have a winner. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Dairy Central. Two G's plus. 735 square feet. The other one on the Greene County, Almaro County line is 800 and... Um, I got it right here. 832. 832 square feet. Yeah. Dude, all day, every day. 1859, $1,859 a month for the Admiral County, Greene County line, the Brook Hill Apartments. Or would you go $2,140 a month for a smaller unit, one bedroom, one bath at Dairy Central? I go all day, every day, and twice on Sunday, the 2140 at Dairy Central. You're talking a delta of what, 300 bucks? Less than $300? Yeah. For Dairy Central versus Green County, Almore County line. Think about that. The Delta 300, what, what would you do? And don't say neither because it's out of the budget. You go Dairy Central. Is that value proposition worth 300 a month? Absolutely it is. There's your $2,000 a month winner right there. What do you make? What do, you make? do you have anything you want to add about that? Jason Howard, I'll get to your comments here. Jamie Turner is exactly right. 
Jamie Turner literally said the $2,000 a month at the same time Judah Wickhauer brings it up on the program. That's your top price point on the market. Find a higher one for me. JT, is there a higher one? I would think the only place you'll find a higher one is, is maybe one of the rooftop apartments downtown, but I don't think those are set up one-bedroom, one-bath scenarios. Um, or the Bluebird, the uh, Blue Moon, Blue Moon uh, Diner building hmm. is where you may see a one-bedroom, one-bath at that equivalent price point. We're at 2000 a month. Yeah, already. I, I don't see it getting better from here. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And that leads us to the next topic that I want to highlight on the show. We're talking who's the next one to crack 2000 a month? Well, there's one. My next topic is how do you fill the empty storefronts on the downtown mall? What's the cause of these empty, empty storefronts? How do you help fill them? And then it's a pr- great segue into the university shopping center, the shopping center where Papa John's is at, where Lou Stevens, the now sole owner of the tennis shop on Ivy Road, he has his place. Um, you know the, the location I'm talking about? It's the quirky building between Ivy Square Shopping Center, where Foods of All Nations is, and that uh, car wash underpass. There's a strip of office condominiums. Hunter Craig owns a couple in there. Is that where uh, Tokyo Rose was? Yes. Yeah. It's where Tokyo Rose used to be. I haven't driven by there in years, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's exactly where it used to be. Okay. That shopping strip... And the only reason it's in its current format and quirky is because it's office condominiums and they're owned by a handful of people and it's been difficult to consolidate ownership. Hunter, I know undoubtedly is tar- Hunter Craig, not Hunter Smith. Hunter Craig, the developer, owner of a lot of the UVA corner, owner of a lot of the downtown mall, including the old Bank of America building, owner of the clock building where his son's business, Waterbird Spirits, is now operating on Water Street. Hunter Craig, a, a, a ties to Virginia National Bank, ties to Biscuit Run Park, influential guy. He has a tremendous position on Ivy Road, Hunter Craig. He developed the new shopping center across from the Boarshead Resort where many of the Ivy Square shopping center tenants moved down Ivy Road to Hunter's new development across the resort. He has a handful of positions in the university shopping center, and I know he's trying to consolidate total ownership. But why it's quirky in its current state is because there's a handful of owners, and it's difficult to make one decision or do anything, frankly. No doubt. Um, that shopping quarter has tremendous, tremendous influence. But downtown, you know well, you're walking with Liza all the time. I see you walking with Liza. I see, I see the the I see city councilors stopping and chatting with you. Folks that make and own pizzas and restaurants stopping and chatting with you. Financiers and judges and lawyers. The creme to the cre- the creme stop did, and chat with you. I did say hi to. Jim Hingley the other day. Oh, where'd you I, don't, see? I don't stop and chat with a whole lot of people. Where did you see Mr. Hingley? Where did you see Jim? And did you mail the uh, sticker to Jim? Yeah. He's uh, one of four winners for the I Love Seagull trivia. I usually see him come walking up the road, uh, the side road. Yeah, that's where I see him too. He's usually coming from the courthouse. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I see him downtown all the time. It's always pleasant to see Jim um, downtown. Um, we like when he watches and listens to the show and participates. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the empty storefronts? 
I mean, with... You see them, right? With house and rental prices, are you surprised? I mean, <sighs> people that are uh, people that are starting That's small what it businesses is. in storefronts like this aren't. I mean, we we talked plenty about plenty about it on the on the show. They're not. Uh, they don't have a. They don't have a, a large margin on uh, whatever it is they're they're selling. Well, and so, is it any surprise that? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that this is that's the sole reason. No, 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 no. That's a great, that's a fantastic comment. I would be surprised. Viewers and listeners, what are your thoughts? If that wasn't a, a big part of it, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? If, you're, if you've got a razor-thin margin on a business that you want to run, it, how is that going to help you, help you pay for, you know, your rent or your, uh, or your mortgage? Totally. 100% that. That's definitely a huge aspect of what it is. Very succinctly well said. Um, what do we do about it? Here's questions, legitimate oh questions. Did you get this from, uh, um, let's see, did you get this from Johnny Ornelas? No, what's that? He sent me a photo, apartmentguide.com. 11, look up 1143 Rose Hill Drive, number 305. No. You, you're going to... But this is a one-off. This is an anomaly, right? This is something crazy. Uh, what, I'm going to put it in Zillow. 11, what is it? 1103? Um, 1143 Rose Hill Drive. 1143 Rose Hill Drive. I'm putting it into Zillow search. Number 305. And this is courtesy of Johnny Ornelas. 1143 Rose Hill Drive. I only see 310, Johnny. 304, 303, 301, 309. Let me see if I can go. Uh, let me see if I can copy the... Uh... Can you Facebook message that to me now so I can see it? And then if you could put it on screen as well, that would be huge. And we'll talk a storefront, uh, empty storefronts as well here. I saw that, Scott Aaronworth, about uh, Craig Hartman opening Exchange Cafe. That dude's crushing it. Craig Hartman has the Midas touch. The owner of Barbecue uh, Exchange... Has a handful of restaurants now. I there's no doubt in my mind. I'll say this with confidence and confidence and conviction that Craig Hartman is the top employer in Gordonsville. Craig Hartman, I'll say it right there. Eleven forty three Rose Hill Drive, three hundred five, three thousand a month. What is what in the hell? How in the hell is that possible? It is giant. It's got to be ginormous, or that's an error, because Rose Hill is not swank. Rose Hill's not swankier than uh, Dairy Central. In the delta between Rose Dairy Central at two one four zero a month and three G's a month is substantial. That's yeah. got to be an error. I'd be curious to see what the other ones are running for. In fact, I can tell you. Um, Oh, Johnny's sending me the link, too. Here's 304. I'm looking at 304 on Zillow. 304 is off the market. I mean, it's got a rooftop deck, so that's pretty dope. And parking. All right, let's get, let's get to downtown. All right, we'll go downtown. Johnny, we'll check this out. Johnny Ornalis owns Guadalajara and El Mariachi. He's crowdsourcing content for us. We appreciate you, J.O. Love you, homie. Definitely. Seriously love you, dude. Uh, would love to get Aaron, um, El Mariachi involved with the I Love Seville show somehow. 
Not that you guys probably need the business. You guys are crushing it. But if you wanted to, we could crush it even more. Um, this is what I'd like for you to do. And I know you have very little time. Judah's a busy guy around here. Would you say you're very busy? Always. Yeah. If you have an opportunity, maybe today, later today, and you could do this just with a horizontal photo on your cell phone. Use your cell phone, go horizontal and take in a picture. I would love if we started the empty storefront index downtown again. Ugh. And what I'd like to do is have the baseline, the first round of photos is going to be the most time consuming because we don't have a baseline to start with. But as we do the empty storefront index, we can update it twice a week. You'll already have the baseline moving forward. So it would only be a picture of one Hopefully none. Dear God, we hope none. But if one comes on the market, you will only have to take a photo of one and you can update it. So why don't we see how many photos, how many empty storefronts we have. I want to how go from the empty? Omni to the Pavilion. When, when do you want me to do this? Can you do it later today? I'm just basically saying go with Liza. Take your wonderful dog. Walk her from the Pavilion to the Omni. Take photos of empty storefronts horizontally and have them ready to go on the show tomorrow. And when beautiful ladies come walking to you while you're walking Liza, stop and talk with them. All right. Yes. So I'm on this website that, uh, that uh, Johnny Ornelas was on when he found this, and I've got three of them. I mean, there's the one that he sent us. At, th at 3000 a month a, on Rose Hill? There's 200 Garrett Street for 2200 865 No, okay, feet. gosh, this is ridiculous. No, and, how about... And there's a Barracks West Apartments... Uh, uh, oh, one says, bedroom, one bath? It says 1,400 1, to 2,757. Man, my three-bedroom, three, three two-bath at the at Southern Ridge needs to... <laughs> So underwrecked. This is ridiculous. And, and this is what so other people begins. like me are guarantee you are thinking right now. <clears throat> yeah. How much money can we make? I mean, if a one bedroom, one bath, straight up, we have multiple examples are running for three G's plus. What does the three? And I know it's not, you can't directly extrapolate a one bedroom, one bath, three G's plus. So a three bedroom, two bath has got to go nine. It doesn't work like that. Yeah doesn't work like that. But I would wonder what a three-bedroom... What's a three-bedroom, two-bath at that spot renting for? Yeah, I mean, a three-bedroom, two-bath apartment. What are we at? At Rose Hill? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, you have to... It's getting to the point where you have to have a partner to rent a one-bedroom, one-bathroom in the Charlottesville area. You're, and I, don't, I shouldn't even laugh. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, if it's a 3G nut, one bedroom, one bath, you take a one bedroom, one bath, you better friends with benefits. Find a, get on a dating app to afford rent. That's the new, that's the new tagline for Charlottesville. There it is right there. Charlottesville, there's Charlottesville affordability in a one sentence snapshot. You want to afford Charlottesville rent? Get on a dating app and find a partner. Mm. All right, can we go to the next topic, or do you want to add something else to this one? 
I appreciate your contributions so far. They've been fantastic. Your, your contributions have been fantastic. Anything else? Uh, besides the insanity ad. We could go downtown, University Shopping Center. We have Alex Erpy coming up as well. Anything else on this one? Uh, I would think no. a nice perk of the job would be walking from the pavilion to the Omni with your wonderful dog on a beautiful day in the spring while on the clock. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. That's it's, legit. It's getting, it's, it's my boss getting angry when <laughs> other stuff doesn't get done. Angry. Angry is not fair. Oh, sure. <sighs> Empty storefronts. What are we going to do about this? You got Friends of Seville trying to raise awareness for downtown positivity. Friends of Seville is essentially a business owner co-op. They put money in a pot. And that money gets allocated to signage, activities, engagement, and building a brand. Is that working? Is that working? As someone walked from the pavilion to the Omni and back, I do it every day. What's up, Alex Erpy? Is that working? I mean, because I don't, this is the emptiest I've seen it. You know, the last time I saw it this empty, the beginning of COVID, when it was ghost town, when it was, we were scared for our lives and yeah. we were going to the grocery store with Ziploc bags over our faces and garbage bags covering our hands and, and wetsuits on, wearing scuba diving gear and having a clothespin over our nose while going to Wegmans to get the asparagus and the fettuccine for some pasta that night? How many times did you do that? You do that all the time. What? I didn't do any of that. <laughs> Just, I might I brought my food home and I put it in the refrigerator and... Uh, I know, I, you didn't do I that. Wore, I wore masks where, where places asked me to wear masks okay. and... Uh, Okay, you were, you were sensible. I was sensible as well. You know I was sensible. We were doing this show uh, I, without I believe, the mask on. I believe there may have been some disinfecting of everything that, that came out of the trunk in, in your household. Not by me. I didn't say okay. by you. That wasn't I by said me. your household. Yes, thank you for using your words carefully for, most importantly, my sake in this particular circumstance. But I certainly did not do that. And she, I believe, is listening to the program right now. We were the ones that were hosting the talk show at the peak of COVID without mask on. And people were writing in the comment section screaming at us, what are you doing? What are you? I remember really? one time getting chastised. This is a legitimate story. Lynn Goldman, the jewelry store, and the, she's a genius. She's a jewelry, jewelry artist and genius. If anyone takes anything about this Lynn Goldman story that I'm about to say on this talk show, please, dear God, take this. She is a genius, an artist, and a jewelry expert. Buy jewelry from Lynn. In the beginning of COVID, we're hosting the talk show without the mask on. A very different table, five feet apart, maybe six feet apart. It was still six feet apart, the table. This yeah. table here is like 12 feet apart. The old table was legitimately still six feet apart. I felt safe. There was a table six feet apart in between us. You were six feet away from us in this isosceles triangle of content right here, right? Equilateral. Sorry, it's an equilateral triangle of content. Long story short, she wrote me a very 
heated. Let's use the word terse. A very terse email about that. UVA removed its masking policy. Did you see that? Hospital? Now both hospitals have removed their masking policy. What was a more significant masking policy removal? UVA's, Martha Jefferson's, or Bodo's Bagels? I'm going to say it was Bodo's Bagels was more significant because they had every single employee in those locations masked up like it was Fort Knox. I mean, there are places that I go where I still see people with, you know, still see uh, businesses whose employees are all masked. So it's still going on out there. Happy birthday to the uh, Mayor Lloyd Snook, who I see walking around the uh, studio here in the Macro building in downtown Charlottesville. Happy birthday, Lloyd. Uh, may all your birthdays have a profile picture with you looking so youthful as you do in the profile picture you hold right now. We love you, Mayor Lloyd Snook. How do we make these storefronts downtown full again? I, I don't know if that's possible. Oh, well, that's I'm a sorry, terrible I'm answer. Sorry to <laughs> I'm sorry to say I don't, I don't know if that's possible. I'm sorry to say it, but if Charlottesville is shifting to, uh, you know, to the kind of place that... Uh, oh, Linnell. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Keep going, Judah. I'm can't sorry. can't afford, then, I mean, small business owners are not, uh, not going to be sticking around here for long. Can the small business owner not capitalize on the extremely rich and affluent customer base that lives here? Why is the small business owner not taking advantage of the wealth in the community? Do you know how fickle wealthy people are? Well, there's different levels of wealth, my friend. Yeah? There's different levels of wealth. And, and I understand what you're saying. My old man was a huge of the uh, saying, he's a CPA, one of the tightest guys you'll ever meet. I'd never met, met, uh, I've never met a wealthy man who wasn't tight with his money. That was a saying that was like beaten into us by uh, my father. I mean that proverbially and metaphorically by our father. Um, the thing is, you can't. The thing is, all most businesses, I, I should say, most businesses need that full spectrum of uh, of shoppers. They need the you know the little guys and the big guys. They need a you know they need a wide spectrum to get enough. Unless you're the kind of business that can cater to uh, to people that have enough money and don't mind plunking down whatever you're asking. Judah Wickhauer, thoughts? Ladies and gentlemen, respond, react to Judah Wickhauer. Alex, let's get you on set. Alex Erpe, CEO of Emergent Financial Services, will talk downtown. I'm getting a lot of content on Twitter. As you set up a three-shot for Alex, I'll relay what's coming in via Twitter. Warrior AG, I will mention this... Live on air. Um, so Linnell, Linnell, how do you say your last name? Her Twitter handle is L-E-D-E-L-E-A-N-U, Linnell. We should send Linnell a sticker. Let's send Linnell a direct message, get a mailing address for her, and mail her an I Love Seville sticker just for contributing to this program. Can you do that, J-Dubs? She sent us, um, we've been sending out stickers a lot, making it uh, very engagement and dynamic. Um, her Twitter handle is at L-E-D-E-N-L-E-A-N-U. She sends us uh, Garrett Square listing 
2400 a month. Good God. 2400 a month. Linnell, we're going to send you, and it's fully furnished, comes into play for some of these. She says it's fully furnished. Oh, that's a nice value right there, Linnell. Linnell, we're going to send you a sticker for this. Dylan's Rule, hello. Ginny Who, hello. Warrior AG, hello. Warrior AG says for the downtown mall to bounce back, it has to attach itself to the biggest moneymaker on the mall, which is the pavilion. Arcades, duckpin bowling, etc. You jump in. Alex Erpe, CEO, Emergent Financial Services. The empty storefront index on the downtown mall is escalating. Anywhere you want to go. I noticed it myself. Yeah. I think that last comment actually is what I was going to say. Because let's face it, I think what what people I think no longer go out to experience pure shopping. Like I mean, you and I grew up like you would go to the mall merely to shop, right? And I think downtown that I'm not sure that's a sufficient draw. I think events, events, experiences maybe be the better word for that. Experiences get people in the door. They then want to eat. And then they will go shopping. And you try, I think it needs to kind of avalanche or snowball in that order to really do the draw. That's why I think, I mean, if you notice, I mean, it's, it's a natural ebb and flow. Don't get me wrong. But the mall is always much busier in the summer than it is in the winter. Because there's a lot more going on in the mall than there is in, in the summer than in the winter. It's warmer. It's nicer to walk around. Is it still a beautiful pedestrian walkway? I mean, that's the, that's the thing about it. I can't tell you, family comes down... When family visits us here, they, they are struck by it's a beautiful pedestrian walkway. It's a very nice, kind yeah. of old-fashioned, colonial architecture feel to it. But you just have to, I think the issue is for, for ongoing year-round foot traffic, which is what it, a, a mall like that needs, there's got to be some draw in today's day and age, I think, beyond shopping because too many people can just shop online. All right, Judah, you're going to jump in on this. I'm going to ask a very frank conversation. Very frank question for conversation. Homelessness and panhandling downtown has become aggressive and prolific in nature. How much is homelessness and panhandling impacting the downtown mall? That's a question that a lot of folks want to sidestep and, and delicately touch with white gloves on. It's hard to get around it. I, mean, I, I probably each one of us could say the way in which it's it's become more. They would be appointed, and I say this as someone who you know my, my temptation is always to to like all right, yeah, here let me buy you some food, that kind of thing, right? But there was a time when you would be, I would be proactive in doing. It. In other words, you're passing by and like, okay, I, this person looks like they could use an ice cream today or or something, right? To now, it's true. You were walking and you pretty much. There's a higher likelihood it's happened to me that you will be approached, which I think makes people a lot more uncomfortable. Like the presence of homeless I, alone, I think, would not be sufficient to make it a ghost town. Yeah. But homeless or panhandlers that approach you now mean that unless the mall is already busy, I could easily see myself as a family saying, "You know what? Once it's once it's dark on a winter night, if that mall's not packing." Packed with people, I'm not going because I don't want to be alone when a panhandler approaches you. And this is uh, yeah. the Antonio Banderas of finance speaking here. I mean, this guy is, what are you, 6'1"? Yeah, about 6'1", six, six, probably, probably 6. I don't know if I hit 6'1 six, with shoes. 6'1 six, with shoes. There yeah, but over 6'1 with yeah. shoes. I mean, this guy is a tall dude, and he's saying he's not going to walk alone at night at the mall. Are you, are you legitimately only, saying that? Yeah, that's no. The only time I'm ever in the mall at night is in the summer because there's lots of other people around. 
And yeah. I say this, I mean, maybe it's the Here's a 6'1 guy, 6'1", 29-year-old, 28-year-old? 30. 6'1", 30-year-old is not going to be alone on the mall at night. I just want that right there. I, I totally agree with the uh, with the crowd the crowd thing. Um, I don't know that I I don't know that it would bother me, but uh, but I'm sure a lot of people would feel the same way that if there's not if they don't see if they don't see people walking up and down the mall, they'd rather you know stay away from it because he's right. You get uh, it's it's almost like you get cornered uh, mm-hmm. with no one around to. Uh, uh, it's not even to help. I think it's just a feeling of. Um, Uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling of you know being comfortable in a crowd and knowing yeah. that there are other people there and you're not just like power in numbers, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Well said, you to wake out. All right, so this uh, I figured I figured you guys would answer that way. So this leads me to my next question. We understand that homelessness and aggressive panhandling have impacted the brand of the mall mm-hmm. and the consumer confidence of the mall, which directly correlates with an empty storefront index increasing. We know that, right? Direct correlations right there. So what do the key stakeholders do? What does City Hall do first here? Should an initiative be put in front of City Hall, in front of council, in front of the police department, powers that be, to become a little bit more assertive with managing panhandling and homelessness on the downtown mall? I, for one, say yes. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are afraid to lead the charge of being assertive when managing panhandling and homelessness because they fear the political backlash and they fear the emotional response from a very liberal Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. But I think it's beyond that point downtown. Also, from a brand image standpoint, I agree with what a lot of these folks are saying, that tying the mall to the pavilion and, and further yeah. driving, like Alex Erpy says, the awareness play of, look at all these events that happen downtown. It's not just the pavilion. There's Second Street fairs. There's mm-hmm. these little get-togethers at coffee shops. Heck, there's even like fantastic musicians that are just busking on the downtown mall. Oh, yeah. I remember Lily Garay, who's come on today, Imanana, she's phenomenal, <laughs> says she's bust on the downtown mall and still does all the time. And she's awesome. And she's awesome. She's fantastic. Right? No, I mean, there's, there's talented musicians that go there. And then they, I think that, that contributes to, like, you try to expect that. That contributes to your family feel, your, your enjoyment of it. It's, and I think, I think from a, from a political perspective, there's also ways to be creative, but also to distinguish. Because I've heard this, there's a very big difference between a homeless person and a panhandler. They're the, you can, in fact, distinguish between those two. Because not all panhandlers are actually homeless. Yeah. Some of them get... Uh, de- so I know people who have seen them get picked up. Are you less likely to give to a panhandler than a homeless uh, individual? Yeah. No, right. I, my personality is if someone kind of accosts me and tries to pin me down, I become very uncomfortable and I am not likely to give you anything. I'm just trying to get out of there because no one likes to be cornered, especially if two or more. I've had two come up to me at the same time. Two people were coming up to you. To during the day? During the day. I it's mean, not a comfortable either. feeling. No, that's not I've good. Got, I've got to agree. I'm, I'm much more likely to see someone that I feel like they need help and I'll... Mm-hmm do something like i've i've bought a group of people like uh you know a pizza at christians all right well here's okay here's this this is this is sociology right now what's happening Mm -hmm. we don't have the police officers in the force to do the downtown mall policing to manage the aggressive panhandling 
I mean, we've got a guy that walks up and down the... He's fantastic, but he has a pretty large beat. It's not just the mall. I talk to him all the time. Okay. He's really fit, rides the bicycle all the time, has a mustache, always friendly, saying hi to people, glasses, white guy, super nice. Wears the gray shirt. Fantastic guy. Fantastic officer, right? Exactly what you want in a downtown beat officer, talking to everybody, you know, smiling, happy to be on the beat, Mm -hmm. right? But he's got a large beat. And is it in his purview to do this? Yeah, and I think the That's issue the question. is that there's, there's obviously, you also have to be creative from a legal perspective because it is, I believe, certain amounts of it are public walkways. So it's a public park. It's a public By park. By designation, it's a public exactly. park. Exactly. One of the things I have heard that I think was it, someone told me about it, and I'm not going to use their name because I don't know if they, they would want it to be, but like um, I had mentioned, I was speaking with someone, and they said um, certain cities in North Carolina have actually taken to basically um, requiring you to get a business license. Yeah, for panhandling, yeah. So therefore, you can then get someone. In other words, you no longer have to worry about, can I prove a certain level of aggression? It's like any type of approaching panhandling without a business license, I now can get you out of the mall for a certain period of time. Because that's, I think, really what you want want to do is – what you don't want there is the issue isn't so much trying to go after the homeless. The issue is to go after people who may be trying to make a living panhandling and being very aggressive about it. Okay. Well, oh, okay. That's a topic for conversation. You know, I should panhandling not be a career? Not if you're going to be not the way it's practiced here. Okay. So but the issue you... is it's hard to distinguish. What I'm saying is, like, in other words, it's a lot harder to prove. This person crossed the line in their level of aggression of panhandling, right? Versus you were you didn't have a panhandling license, you're out of there. You didn't get a license. I now have a reason to kind of basically say you need to leave because you hmm. didn't go through the proper channels to do this. Okay, so you have a no problem. And you know what? I actually agree with what Alex said. Do you have any problem if someone gets a business license? You actually, I, we sold I Love Seville t-shirts on the downtown mall. And we did it legally, remember? Mm-hmm. We sold I Love Seville t-shirts on the downtown mall. Yeah, it was a peddler's license. That's exactly right. You have to have the, the initial business license, the B-Pole license. If you do under $100,000 in revenue, it's, I think, 35, I mean, it 35 bucks. bucks yeah. I think it's like 35 bucks. Then you have to get a peddler's license, which was like nominal, 30 bucks. Yeah. If you got a peddler's license and a business license and you set up a card table in the downtown mall on a chair and you panhandled, would anyone have a problem? I'm not sure. Does, I think the issue is because then you're you kind of You didn't sell held. anything but yeah. ask people for money. Yeah, because you're kind of held to a higher standard. Then. You have no overhead. Yeah. You have no cost of goods. The only thing you have is your time. So you would have no problem, these aggressive panhandlers, if they were able to show... Two laminated sheets of paper, one a peddler's license, and one a business license from Charlottesville. If they came to you in front of Zocalo at Central Place, and had one in each hand and said, here we go, give me $20, (laughs) would you give them $20? At that point, I I might. I probably still wouldn't give them $20, but I think you'd, my suspicion is you would weed out some of the more aggressive ones. 100%. Because it's a barrier of entry. Exactly. You're kind of trying to make a barrier of entry. Something you have to do. Is that particularly for the... The groups that I have people that have seen them get picked up by like BMWs and then driven off 
other places. Groups like that, I mean, if you can put some barriers to entry, that's kind of what you, what you want to do. Because that's not a, that's not a legitimate, I, I need some mental help. You know, mental health help, which I think a lot of the the other homeless ones that are kind of just really not doing anything but being there um, but, probably need. But would, that, but would that really dissuade them? I mean, would they wouldn't they just go go about their uh, their business the same as they always have? But now if they do, I think the the key, I no. think the pers- the reason for it is that if they do go about their business, but they haven't taken the time to get the business license, you now have a reason. There it is. To get them off the mall, you now so have, you, you violated go- this ordinance. Whereas right now it's very difficult because how do you prove that a, a certain level of panhandling crossed the harassment or aggression line? Hundred percent. And take it a step further. Take it a step further than that. If you require in downtown, this is a great show. I effing love, some, excuse me, Mrs. Irving. I really, really like when your son Alex comes on the show. He gets me thinking. If you require the business license and the panhandler license for asking for money downtown, not only is it the barrier of entry, but even perhaps more importantly, it takes it away from the police officer targeting someone for panhandling, which is a political landmine, and instead it's about a piece of paper that you don't have on your yeah, person. Yeah, you either have it or you don't. Right. So he's not policing at that point. Give me the, show me the paper if you have it. You can stay. If not, then you got to go. It's not about, it's not about the, the, what do you look like, what's your race, mm-hmm. you know, like all How the other political. did you make yeah, someone? right. All the other stuff. It's you either it's have it or you don't. It's black and white. And I hate, and I, it's, I pun not intended. It's literally about a piece mm-hmm. of paper. That's what I like about it. Which everyone needs to have. All the it's other, like a license. All the other vendors. I have one. Had to have one. I have a. Uh, you do. Yeah. Everyone right? needs to have one. All That's right, great but, stuff. But that's great stuff. But the other side of that is, do we, do we really want uh, overly aggressive panhandlers? But his prediction, your your his no, his, I, I his prediction it. is it's not going to get to that point right, because they're not going to get to that point from the paperwork. That's what he said. Yeah, you're trying to give yourself. I, I see your point, Judo. But I think the idea is less that somehow. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is less that we'd be okay with aggressive panhandlers as long as they had the piece of paper. Right. It's more given is- the legal given given how few legal options there are to remove someone. Yeah. Who is panhandling? You're giving yourself a tool by which to do that. Right. Because if they don't have it, you now have a reason without having to deal with it. I think the number one issue that's been described to me is the police officer comes and says, All right, you were panhandling aggressively to this person. How the issue is how long can you actually keep them away? How do you, you kick them out of public can actually, park? Can you actually prosecute that in any way? Because they'll it's just a public say park. Well, right. they're just gonna say, I didn't cross the harassment line. You can't prove that I crossed that. Hard to define line between just asking for money and harassing someone. Whereas if they don't have a license, they don't have a license. Like you have, I think it's more trying to give a tool to make it a little, little, a little less of a thorny issue from a legal perspective in terms of removing people. I think it's good stuff. But Judah, jump in. I don't think you'll solve it completely by any means, but you're trying to, what extra tools can we add to make it easier? To remove a panhandler. I love it, dude. What do you think? We'll get to comments after that on this. I still think it skirts the line. Uh, I mean, you've, you're eventually going to have you're either going to have people that you know that make the uh, make the payment and continue doing what they're doing and continue scaring people off, or you have uh, you have people angry that you're you have 
people in Charlottesville angry that you're creating laws to, uh, you know, to no, target yeah. specific uh, segments of the population, and they're not necessarily wrong. Um, How's this any different than a curfew law? How's this any different than another tool like policing a hotspot neighborhood? Or how's this any different than like uh, any of the other, as Alex said, tools in the tool belt? I, I, I appreciate mean, your perspective. Ultimately, in the court of public opinion, I don't think it matters whether they're vastly different or exactly the same. Uh, if uh, you know, people, if people have a problem with it, it, it won't matter what uh, arguments you make. Bill McChesney so, yeah. says the whole thing on the downtown mall is associated with the Haven, um, which is one of the shelters um, that also offer food downtown. It's on Market Street. And he also uh, talks about attorney Jeff Fogel, the activist attorney um, who has fought on behalf of panhandlers for an extended period of time here locally in Charlottesville. Carol Thorpe is the queen of Jack Jewett, and she leaves a comment saying, history has taught us there is no political will to fight the panhandling issue on the mall or in the street medians. Local politicians got crushed the last time they even raised the subject. Same as in the county for the ones in the streets. They won't even consider erecting, installing street signs like they have in Richmond that discourage, not forbid, giving money to folks that are panhandling. Mm. That's, I think that's probably a different question. In other words, if there's no actual community will to deal with it, then the community that just has to live with, live with the existence it. of panhandlers. There it is. Dylan's rule on Twitter specifically says Alex Erpy nails it. If there's a crowd, event, or nice weather weekend, I'll go to the downtown mall. But forget it if you think I'm going in January, February, when it's almost certain to be four to five panhandlers asking me for money when I walk downtown. I mean, there you go. So here's a handful of problems. You have escalating rents. Mm -hmm. You have uh, an economy in 2023 where buying stuff at stores is being done significantly more online, which is cannibalizing storefronts, mm -hmm. and much of downtown is storefronts. You have aggressive panhandlers. You have homelessness. You have all the macro headwinds, inflation, cost of goods, labor, all yep. escalating at the same time. You have potentially no political will in City Hall and on the dais to create... Or maybe community-wide. I mean, or maybe community. boils down to that. Or maybe community to create a thriving downtown district. I mean, and now you have empty storefronts, and we'll get photos today if we can of them. What are we missing? We covered it pretty well. How do we solve the problem? I guess that's what we're missing. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it really is comes down to one or two, right? I think it's the combination of, as I think as other people have said, it's panhandling plus low crowds make for an uncomfortable situation, right? Yeah. So if you're not going to get rid of the panhandlers, then you need to find ways to get crowds there for a particular reason such that then other people will come. In other words, if there's an event, in other words, I... No one has an issue going downtown when Tom Tom Festival is running. Why? Because they know tons of other people are going to be there. Yeah. So you then you just need to find ways then to gin up more events that you know will bring out enough of a crowd that other people who may not be going to those events also come. Like I've come downtown when I know there's where they had like the opera down at the um, at the pavilion one time, or when there's been certain festivals that are at the pavilion. I've come downtown even if I'm not actually going to that festival because I know there's going to be a lot of other people there. So I think you can try to 
the only other option is to try to get enough people down for a specific purpose such that then other people will be drawn because they know that it's a nice day and there's going to be a lot of other people there. Because short of that, you're going to keep running into um, what the gentleman talked about, which is if there's nothing going on, do I really want to be downtown, just me and my fiancé, when it's dark and when one or two people, sometimes two at the same time, may approach me asking for money? You may be looking at another justification, and John Blair, we'll get to your comment. Janice Boyce Trevelyan, we'll get to your comments here. You may be looking at another reason why Barracks Road, for example, which is a mile maybe from downtown, is got 2x, 2.5x the rents of the downtown mall. And people say, is Barracks Road worth it? Is it justifiable, the rents they're asking? How are they two and a half, two and a half times what downtown is? Well, you don't see these issues in Barracks Road Shopping Center. Yeah. And yeah. Barracks Road Shopping Center, you see foot traffic year-round. You have parking at Barracks Road Shopping Center, the parking free, is where it's, it's easy right to find. a major road. You've got you grocery stores to... and Barracks Road Shopping Center. Mm-hmm. You've got Chick-fil-A and Barracks Road Shopping Center. Now people are understanding the value proposition of Barracks Road Shopping Center. Anything you want to add to this topic before we go to the comments from the viewers and listeners? No, I mean, uh, I think uh, Alex makes a good point that if we get uh, if we had more crowds on uh, on the downtown mall at uh, uh, broader times, you know, not just uh, not just lunch rush or uh, or evening dinner rush, then I, yeah, I think it would attract. You know, people would attract people, and uh, and of course that would bring in more uh, more shopping, more um, uh, you know, more money for the uh, for the stores, and and if uh, and if small businesses saw that uh, saw that action going on in the downtown mall, it might entice them to uh, to be willing to pay whatever whatever the price of of rent is. Um, on Twitter, on the one bedroom, one bath topic, Linnell, who we're mailing a sticker to because she made the show better, she said that 3000 a month on Rose Hill Drive is fully furnished. Utilities are included. Hmm. That needs to be considered in what you said, Judah. She said fully furnished and utilities are included at the 3000 a month on Rose Hill. Yeah. So the viewers and listeners offering valuable perspective mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, You'll see, if you go to my profile and click mentions, you'll see her handle there. Um, thank you, Linnell, for making the program better. Alex, we have ample time today, and we're, I want to hear about today, Manana. I want to hear what's on your brain from a finance standpoint mm-hmm. um, on the show. I want to get your take on what we were talking about with the one-bedroom, one-bath. Now, Dairy Central's over 2000 a month for a one-bedroom, one-bath. We have a one-bedroom, one-bath behind Martha Jefferson Hospital in Pantops. No walkability whatsoever. No nightlife whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That one's like eighteen hundred a month. Yeah, that's. I asked the question on the program: Which one bedroom, one bath is going to be the first to crack two thousand a month? And multiple viewers and listeners flooded our DMs Another, and ad symbols with have. ones that already have, mm-hmm. including some that are over three thousand on Rose Hill. Although Linnell has highlighted that includes utilities and fully furnished. Yes, you have to calculate that. That has value undoubtedly. Where do you want to go on this topic? It's it's not surprising. It's it just feels that like it's kind of the way the domino works, right? Housing prices go up. More difficult, along with interest rates, right? Now more difficult to buy. You then, some buyers will now move into rental, and as demand for rental increases, 
and supply remains the same, price goes up. So that's that's not surprising. I mean, I've been I've been seeing those prices eat up little by little over the past year and a half, even the rentals. So it was only a matter of time before you hit before somebody hit two thousand for a one bedroom, one bath. Um, Kevin Yancey, the ACLU sued and beat Charlottesville on a panhandling ordinance in years past. Tremendous um, legal power these panhandlers have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, these, that's, that's, uh, that's why you tend to have to be creative to find solutions. How would you characterize panhandling? It's the entrepreneurship of ask, you know, asking, for money. asking a question, asking for money. I mean, I, I, I remember I saw a little... Uh... Are panhandlers the ultimate closers? Are they... <laughs> Utilize the tactic of persistence to get money because it's kind of this annoying, like, woodpecker tactic. Just take the money and go away. I, I, think, mean, it's, I think it's more like, uh, like, like the salesman's creed. Oh, talk to me about that. Well, you know, it's like uh, you, you, ask, uh, you ask 10 or 20 people the same question so that you can get uh, two or three sales. Mm. It's, uh, in other words, you have enough volume... Yeah. Oh, okay. You will inevitably find if you ask a hundred people, "I want beer, give me money." You may eventually find one or two who be, "Oh yeah, buddy." It's yeah. not the best. This is what I found. I've been, uh, and here's what I've also found. I've been uh, self-employed for 15 years in May. It's crazy. 15 years, and I have found the following: anyone who is self-employed is in the sales game, regardless of if they're selling a saying? widget or not. Mm-hmm. Alex is CEO of Emergent Financial Services. He is selling financial services. Now, he goes about it in a non-salesy way as just being the source of the source and a very likable guy that has a lot of knowledge and is well-read. Same with us. I don't have to, at this point, make cold calls or sell. Mm -hmm. The folks that want to meet with us often cold call us, reach out to us, and say, I hear you can do this well. How can you help my business? And that leads to doing a deal. So our close rate is extremely high, but our pitch rate is extremely low, if that makes sense. Mm. We're not like pitching. Yeah. I'm mm. not going to meetings and sh- giving out yeah, business cards. You're not cards. setting up 100 meetings to get... Yeah. Five, five, you, you've reached the point where the close rate is high, but the total number, the total number that may walk in the door is lower. Right. It's all referral. At this and it's all legit. Like the meetings materialize something. Yeah. Um, so here's, I guess, the, the point I'm going with here is this community that, that is so tied to small businesses and, and them selling something, do we need to get a mindset of folks that are selling something downtown that's completely different than what we have? <laughs> We have Decades Arcade moving in. They're mm-hmm. selling an experience. Yeah. Right? We have music venues. They're selling an experience. What's the next business that can come in here and sell something that has lasting power mm-hmm. for downtown? It's not going to be a branding business on the downtown mall. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a financial services business to be honest, on the downtown mall. It's not going to be a restaurant or a storefront. They're already there. Because they're already there. Yeah, we already have too many. It's not going to be another music venue. It evidently couldn't be an ice ice park because that didn't make it. So I, I would imagine we can take skating venue out. Probably. You know, it didn't. I mean, it's always hard to. Laser tag is too big. Yeah, it's too big. Go karts is too big. Exercise is not going to happen downtown. Not going to be an exercise studio. I think the decades. Albert Graves on Twitter is is talking about decades arcade moving. I think that's genius. I think that's hugely that's big, big for downtown. Yeah. 
kids going to the arcade and then go get an ice cream or pizza? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I can, we can make that into anything. Any, any age would like that. What is the decades that can go downtown that, besides arcade? Besides arcade. Hmm. That's what it's going to have to become. It's yeah. like what Patty has done with her business at Animal Connection. It's about self-serve dog washes and grooming. Mm. And it's about knowledge and education. Yeah. Things you can't, can't rip it off on Amazon. You can't get that from Amazon. That's what I'm saying. That's what it, whoever does it downtown has to do that. Mm-hmm. It can't be barbershops. It's not going to be photography studios. Not going to be chiropractic. Not going to be therapists downtown. What do you mean whoever does it? Whoever fills whoever these empty storefronts, oh. whoever fills yeah. them is going to be incremental or, or entrepreneurs that are already here or ones that are thinking about launching something. And we're trying to come up with some ideas that could be good fillers for those spots mm. because there's a boatload of them. And generally in a healthy downtown economy, the empty storefront index legitimately is at zero. Like the empty storefront index is below 1%. I bet, I bet when Judah walks tomorrow and takes photos of the downtown mall from the pavilion to the Omni Hotel, that we will have over 15 empty storefronts, including some end cap units, like that bank that is on the corner of Heather Higher Way, 4th Street, the cut-through road across the downtown mm-hmm. mall where Heather Higher mm-hmm. was hit. There's a bank there that's right there on the corner. That's been vacant for a long time, and that's an end cap. Joe Geek's got a couple vacancies downtown. So whoever does it is going to have to do something that's going to prioritize experiences or it's not going to make it. It's not going to make it. And that's a point Alex has been making for, for, for a couple minutes on the show. Um, all right. There needs to be a draw. There needs to be a draw. Just shopping alone, I think, is no longer the draw that it once was. I know. It's so crazy. And that happened literally between uh, – that literally happened in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Because I remember going to – I grew up in Williamsburg – I remember going to Hampton to Fashion Square Mall. No, not Fashion Square Mall. The Coliseum Mall. The Hampton Coliseum Mall. And literally, when I was a kid, walking up and down those, that mall for shopping, for back to school or for yeah. Christmas. And the know. place was packed. Is the, go to the, yeah. the courtyard People with your to, friends to meet girls. to the mall and we didn't need anything. Like, yeah. You'd be like, all right, today, when we used to live in Carmel, like, today we're going to go to the San Jose Mall. Yeah. Just to do something. Like, just, there may be like one thing we want to go. Okay, then we'll go and we'll see the other stores and stuff. Just where else would you go to get it? Remember when we were kids and we had that little, at Christmas time at malls, there were all, often those little shopping areas for children mm-hmm. that were staffed mm-hmm. by like elves. Yeah. That were older mm-hmm. ladies. And you could go into this little, you know, contained tiny shopping area buy a bunch of stuff that was in the grand scheme of things kind of garbagey but you were able to do this on your by yourself mm-hmm. with your parents hanging outside and yeah. you as a kid were able to buy something for your kids without them knowing i remember lots of trains right the little train rides as a little kid that they would take you around malls out yeah malls especially i think in richmond they still have that they have that in the um the one um um, which is very well designed, and I think a lot of things that draw people there. The one in Shore Pump, uh, Shore Pump. Oh Pump yeah, Square. That one's Shore Shore Pump Town Center. That one's awesome. Seriously, Shore Pump Town Center. Yeah, that's experiential. What are the ki- What would a kid be doing right now if it's a Sunday after church or family dinner or whatever, and they instead of the family going, let's walk around the mall. What are they saying now? Let's put on our. Uh, let's grab our Wii controls and play some tennis. Yeah, probably. 
Let's get on the Peloton and take a hike in Switzerland. Probably not even the Peloton. For a kid, probably not even the Peloton. Let's get, let's get on the Metaverse. <laughs> and, and What the heck, man? Yeah, Albert Graves on Twitter. I'd put a duck pin bowling bar or an axe throwing bar on the downtown mall. I'd also look at maybe adding a satellite brewery on the downtown mall. Those are great ideas. Bowling do, sounds I actually very to. appealing. Because, I mean, the only bowling I have to think of is... Um, Bolero. Down, yeah, Bolero down 29. And that's already almost near Walmart. If I and remember. Bolero ain't cheap. My family and no. I went for our son's birthday. It's not cheap. I saw it as well. That's what you are going to yeah. say on Reddit. Look at that. I speak Judah. I, all he had to do was point his finger and look at me, and I knew what he was talking about. That's 12 years of working together right now. There was the thread on Reddit. The difference that is there's three things that we can garner from that thread on Reddit. First, you can you can call ahead and do reserve it. a lane at Bolero, and if you do it for two hours, it's going to run you two hundred bucks. Yeah. Your second option is to walk in. Now you risk not having lane availability, but the walk-in price point is way lower. And then mm-hmm. third, you can get a Groupon, and it's less than forty bucks. That's what I learned from that Reddit thread. Oh. Yeah, I didn't it know about like, the Groupon. It sounded like the walk-in was pretty uh, pretty easy. That it was very. Sounded full. like it was pretty easy. Sounded like it was pretty comparable to the Groupon, and it sounded like uh, uh, from the uh, from the feedback on the thread that uh, that the the lanes are f- rarely ever all filled. Yeah, Monday through Thursday, I've done this because my friends and I for uh, off Tuesday Bible studies would would do Bolero nights. If you go on like a Tuesday night or something, you can usually find. A lane, we would be like ten, and you could still find a lane. And then it was like two dollars, two dollars eighty cents a game. Oh, it's nothing. I mean, the shoes are where they get you. Yeah. Um, because those were like ten bucks to rent the shoe or something. Um, but the games themselves were cheap. But yeah, but then you risk on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday that uh, there's no room if you. What do What are you rolling? Yeah. What For, score? Oh, I'm not bad. No. My great achievement I'm, I'm was hitting hundred. Good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and it took me a while. It took me like. I got. I was so devastated. Like my fourth time around, like ninety nine. I was like, oh, so close. How about you, uh, J Dubs? Uh, it's been so long since I've been bowling, but the last time that I remember going, bowling's fun. I was uh, I was visiting Maine. So this was a long time ago, and uh, I had a I had a friend and his then girlfriend who were in like a bowling league, and somehow I uh, I out bowled them. I don't know how it happened. I certainly wasn't in a league or even uh, a regular bowler, but... <laughs> um, this comment from Marlene Jones. Carol, Jerry, Alex, and Judah on the panhandlers in the median in Almora County. Marlene Jones says, I think the solution would be to create ordinances that would find those donating to the panhandlers. That's a safety issue. The folks that are giving money to the panhandlers are causing traffic issues. So she says the solution oh, is to find the, the folks giving the money. But that's not going to solve the problem on the downtown mall. And, uh, oh, maybe the ones in Almar County. The Almar County ones I don't find as impactful on quality of life. They're in the median. They leave you alone. Downtown is in your space, dude. Like Alex has yeah, said, it's, a different it's little. I, I experienced it today. It's in like literally, you know, that, that little space around your body. What, what yeah, do you call personal, it? Your personal, personal space. space. Personal space. They are in your personal space. Oh, yeah. It is not cool in the personal well, space. It's nice to have a dog. In the, well, yeah. 
especially Liza. I mean, but Liza wouldn't hurt them, but no, they don't know that. No, they don't know that. Liza's a sweetheart. Perception. She would never hurt anybody. But yeah, nobody's going to come running up to me when I'm walking Liza and like scream in my face. Um, I'm going to save the history of the Monticello Hotel for tomorrow. Same with the topic of the potential for University Shopping Center for tomorrow. I'd love to give ample opportunity to Alex to highlight what he's doing on Thursday for Today e Manana, a fabulous show that airs at 10.15 a.m. Yep, yeah, so we got uh, Tammy Tatum, local artist, coming on on Thursday. Very nice. Um, we even talked some finance. I think it's, yeah, Xavier's back with me on Thursday, so that usually means uh, maybe a little finance topic. Just highlighting, it says you got to keep highlighting. We got to keep highlighting the, the local businesses that are, do, that are doing it right and, and, and working through tough times. So yeah. we'll be highlighting that on, uh, on Thursday and today, Manana. Maybe, like I said, maybe a little finance topic as well. There's so many moving, so many moving parts out there. Uh, The show is excellent. It's presented by Emergent Financial Services. Alex is the CEO of this family-owned business, Emergent Financial Services. Guys, think this company to help your retirement financial planning needs, Emergent Financial Services. John Blair watching on LinkedIn. He says, a zip line over the downtown mall. That's an idea for you guys to consider. A zip line over the downtown mall. I love it. I would love that. I would love a zip line as well. Or if we took, if we turned the Dewberry Hotel into one of those the zip drop, line point? the yeah. drop zone. Oh, a drop zone. So literally, like it was a drop zone. You take the Dewberry and you get just dropped off the roof. <laughs> I don't know if it's tall enough. Is twelve feet tall enough? Ten feet? Uh, what? He also says this. I would offer this. There are plenty of handy men. This is for a comment for you on the uh, wealthy people. Um, tight with spending money. He says, there are plenty of handymen around the area who take advantage of wealthy clientele. I know a handyman, handyman in Charlottesville, uh, Albemarle, who nets 100000 by basically doing any and odd jobs, any and all odd jobs for about 25 different families a year. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Hey, if that's what the market bears. Absolutely. No, but, but there's, remember, they, they, they often speak to this often two types of, there's two types of business models you can always pursue this, right? There's the large number of clients, each of whom gives you a little bit. And there's a very few, a smaller niche clientele, each of whom pays you a lot per, per widget, per service. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, the guy is A+. Plus. Judah's A+. Plus. Judah, you killed it today. Job Thank well you. done. Seriously. Alex always kills it. Always, always um, a pleasure. Thursday, 10, 15 a.m. Is, is just a fantastic show. My name is Jerry, and today's show is presented by the good Dr. Scott Wagner of Scott Ra- Wagner Integrated Medicine. See you tomorrow at 1230. Take care. Nice one.